okay when I saw this I was, you know how I feel about one piece of advice I have at least five but the one I think is most important is don't let anyone tell you that you can't don't they will then they'll tell you for all their many reasons but if you believe in it so much and it's that thing that's like won't it keeps you up at night and you can't stop daydreaming about it just keep going if just keep one foot in front of the other just keep going towards it and don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Alexis Surratt. And uh, Alexis uh, started or started her journey or, or started her journey started out actually going to Columbine High School where the a shooting occurred. And she was a sophomore when that happened and kind of uh, set her on a path of having a u- unique perspective uh, going through things. Um, and then went off to uh, college in uh, Florida on a full ride scholarship and uh, didn't uh, declare a major soon enough. So ended up losing that scholarship and uh, left college and actually went into modeling in uh, Florida, then moved to LA and decided to leave modeling and went to Chicago and got an apartment and worked at a restaurant and did some acting, went to Europe for a year and a half, and then uh, worked for about 10 years, uh, got married and had her kids, got divorced, and uh, it, was, it was a single mom. And then the last kid had a, a rough uh, emergency birth, uh, did some odd jobs, and now started uh, what she's doing today. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Lexus. Wow, thank you so much. When you read down somebody's like history that way in such a condensed, it's so it's wild. Um, thank you for that intro and thank you for having me. Absolutely. Excited to have you on. So so I just gave the the 40, 30 or 45 second version to a much longer journey. But why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about how your journey got started uh, growing up in uh, Columbine and going to high school there? Yeah. So um, I love how you put that it gave me a unique perspective because you pinned it. It, um, I feel like when I tell people that that's where I went to high school, they're always like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And it is a horribly tragic event, but to me ended up becoming a driving force um, to try things new, to, to work harder, to understand moments are so precious and you just don't know how much time you have and to use it wisely um to learn that at such a young age i think um really helped me think in in moments of like should i should i try that should i go and try something new or should i just boldly you know <laughs> accept that invitation yeah mm. absolutely no yeah. i, I... I get certainly get it. it would give you that unique perspective. You never wish to go through it or wish it on anybody else, but you you take what you what you gathered from it and garnered from it and uh, apply it to life as you move forward and use that perspective. So, so now with that, graduating from high school and uh, you uh, went off to Florida on a, on a scholarship and didn't figure out what your major was in time. Is that about right? 
I, t- I tested out of my major my freshman year um, and didn't read the fine print that then I lost my scholarship and I would have to pay for the duration um, for core classes and, and all of that. Well, I didn't have any come from that and I didn't have a college fund. Um, I actually had three jobs when I was there for a year just to buy the books and food and stuff. So then I had to pivot again. And that is another moment going back to a, a different perspective and like not being afraid to just go try to get a job hmm. and then another job and see see where it worked. And when I went to Ford, um, Ford Models, I loved the idea of traveling and you know all the things I hadn't had. And um, you didn't need a degree to to work with them. So I when I went in originally, they said, no, nah, I don't think we need you. You're a little bit shorter. We have a girl that looks like you and she works a lot. And again, I was like, you've got nothing to lose. I'll never let you down. And you don't pay me to be on your board. You only make money when I make money. Just let me give it a, a whirl. Um, and I worked in modeling for over 15 years with with Ford and all over the world and learned a lot about business and um, time management, <laughs> travel, and uh, there's no handholding in in that. Um, well, there wasn't back in that day. And especially I'm thinking of um, when I lived in Europe, um, you get a list of where you have to go for auditions and you just buy a map <laughs> and you figure out how to get there, um, what the best way in their transit was. Um, I learned so much from my life experiences, not necessarily from the opportunity of going to college. Hmm. So now, and just kind of walking through just a bit, because I think you mentioned you went did modeling in Florida, and then you moved to LA, left For modeling. Uh, no, then went, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I didn't really jive with LA. No, no hate or anything. Just wasn't my thing. Um, moved to New York to to try to work there and um, was not loving it there either. At that time in my life, it was just kind of too much from Colorado to Florida to LA. And it was just dark. It just felt like dark and <laughs> just kind of just too different. Um, and I didn't think I had a lot of potential um, the competition was too high. Um, mm. The last option I had for commercial print was Chicago. And I'd never been to Chicago until the day I moved here with two rolling suitcases and $400 <laughs> and just got an apartment, found a pasta shop around the corner that said cash only and help wanted. Sounds like a good place to go. <laughs> um and I got a job there and and started building up my uh, client base for, for modeling mm. and did that all through all my pregnancies, uh, great clients that hired me repeatedly, Kohl's and ShopBop and Carson's and JCPenney and um, was really fortunate to find success in, in that arena. I believe that. Mm. I'm not sure what else I would have done, <laughs> um, but I worked hard. We're talking, you know, waking up at two in the morning to go to a red eye, going to finally getting home at 11, waking up at four to drive to Madison and mm. and shooting all day um, to do the same thing again the following day. I worked hard. 
No, and sounds I, like, you know, yeah. So you found a, you found or after you're kind of moving around a bit, finding the, the right location for you, the right, uh, you know, job or kind of the, uh, the matched up with the desires and that. Then I think you worked there for a while, um, then went off to Europe for a period of time. Is that right? Yes. For modeling as well. Okay. I moved first to Barcelona, found out pretty quickly that I just wasn't the right material. It wasn't working very much. And then I went to Germany where I worked a lot and was kind of based out of Munich and just traveled um, from there, which was incredible time in, in my life to be able to do that. Where I came from, where I grew up, would never have had those opportunities if I didn't have be forced to pivot sometimes, right? Like, shoot, I can't finish college why don't I try this and I and I just feel like I just kept saying I'm gonna try it anyways feel the fear do it anyway <laughs> and um that applied to the travel portion of it too I that was like a flip phone day and age that was the the maps like the paper ones guys <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I love those um it was a test of a lot of different things where you but like a, what is it? Baptism by fire, sink or swim. Then no one's there to help you through those things. You just get the job or you don't and you got to pay your rent. So you just go and you get the job. Hmm. No, makes uh, makes sense. And sounds like, Hey, a lot of different experiences and continue to uh, or, or be able to do a, a lot of different things. Now, I think if I remember right at uh, some point, um, got married, had kids, and then it ended up getting divorced and kind of having to go through that uh, less than fun experience, but kind of walk us through a little bit of uh, that part or that part of the journey as well. Yeah, sure. I got married in 2011 and um, I had my twins in 2013. Mm. And that was the birth experience that you mentioned, uh, one of my twins suffered a skull fracture in a C-section delivery mm -hmm. and um, had a severe brain bleed, wasn't breathing for 11 minutes, and as a result has triplegia cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. um, cognitively, typically developing, physically um, at this moment, unable to stand or walk by herself. Um, so we can go back to that, but in, in all of that situation, but then I also had a son in, I have a son and then I had another daughter. So I have these four awesome kiddos and, um, I felt in with, you know, with respect to my, my ex-husband, my kid's dad, we co-parent really well. Now it, it was a journey to, to get there too, but I felt that being in a married setting in the same house was not necessarily the healthiest um, example of love mm. for for my kiddos. And that if we could co-parent like rock stars, that that would in two different places, I think that would be a better move. Um, it was not easy. And no, I don't think it is for anyone. I, it, you don't get married thinking that that's what's going to happen. Um, but I stand beside that decision to this very moment. I do think 
that that they are in healthier environments and in two different places and and that he and I are we're yeah we're working it like we're doing it well so, sounds like you know nobody no I don't think anybody goes into a uh, marriage uh, looking or planning on getting divorced but sometimes it's uh, the best best of a, a, a non-fun situation and you you figure out uh, what's best for the kids and for your for you and then you, you move forward with that and sounds like that kind of where you're at now is you're coming out of the you know or out of the divorce and that I think you started out um, doing a few kind of odd jobs as you're you know getting uh, back on your feet and getting the finances in order and that before you kind of landed on uh, what you're doing today is that right yeah I um yeah I did just well mostly like retail and and um stuff like that I don't think retail is an odd job but it, it does sound when you read this rap sheet is what it sounds like <laughs> it's not really a bio it's like my life is like a rap sheet um yeah I I did that but I also um have helped with some interior design stuff here and there. I was so, uh, the more I learned about Ava's situation and the community of, of individuals with disabilities, I had not a lot of prior knowledge before it was my own. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just wanted to figure out how best to take care of her and provide for like any of my children they all need different things but it was harder to find regular scheduled therapy appointments for for Ava it was difficult to acquire the things the tools she would need daily um just to live her best life and i realized with through conversations in clinics and stuff everywhere that i wasn't alone in that that it was hard for everyone and mm -hmm. that it was kind of driving people apart making them feel even more isolated not only from the rest of the world but from each other like almost like ashamed that it was difficult or or that they couldn't have regular swim therapy because they only got you know a gift of, of a couple sessions mm -hmm. um but it started to like overtake me i i was just obsessed in this was 2018 with finding a way to help in any way i could mm -hmm. um and and so i went into this big discovery period and talked to over 175 families and caregivers and therapists specialists i'm so grateful for the one all of them every time i talk about it i'm like if you're listening thank you because I wanted to find the common denominators. So maybe this one is dementia and this situation is muscular dystrophy. And these, you know, here's the medicines we're having a hard time getting. Here's where all the pieces are. Hmm. And here are the common denominators in everyone's situation. And it was that they had something they no longer needed, needed something they couldn't get. Hmm. And they felt alone and isolated and in some cases ashamed and embarrassed and others angry and they wouldn't always come right out with what their life experience was at the time I would sometimes say I get it you don't have to talk about it I'll tell you mine hmm. so you know that that's why I'm calling and I'm trying to find a solution for it and if when I'm done, you you're open to sharing yours, God, I'd love to hear it, you know, um, 
and they all of course are anonymous they're just they're embedded in my heart but that was what I found so I I figured out with those three things that's the first iteration if you have something if I have something you need seven then the chances are that we have a lot more in common than just that one item pretty pretty high so if one thing is traded to the other person they get what they're looking for without having to jump through all those hoops with you know with insurance and all the difficulties and the wait time but you made a friend too Hmm. and so then i developed the connect and chat component that you won't see if you don't have an account on little wins which is free to use um but you can say, and and I have traded a lot of things on on little ones that were Ava's, and um, just the other day, this woman was like, "Well, if your daughter is now nine and mine's three, we traded a pair of shoes." First of all, she said, "What do you recommend? What did you use when your daughter was three for eating? You know, when it was hard to hold utensils. That information can be traded too, and it's so helpful." The, the connection part, it's not just about solving for, for the disparity and like the lack of ease in acquiring care and equipment. It's it's about the connection and, and um, understanding that they're not alone. I'm not alone, right? It's, Absolutely. It's been really cool. And so that was established little wins. I established little ones in uh, 2019. So I did that year of discovery in 2018. So now you do the, yeah, you know, Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. That's it. I just said, and we're still out here. That's what I was going to say. So it sounds like, you know, you're you're coming out kind of figuring out how you're going to, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, what kind of would suit you well and uh, land on little wins. And sounds like you, you know, what, two and a half, three years ago, got that started and continue to build it. So kind of walk us through, you know, how did it go? Did it take off like a rocket ship and money rained down from the sky, always teetering on the verge of bankruptcy somewhere in the middle or kind of, you know, how did, how did that uh, phase of the journey go? The startup world is really a trip, isn't it? It's like, um, I feel like the word obsession comes up a lot because you, if you choose to go down that path, you, I really hope it's something you're so obsessed with because you're going to be the one that loves it the most mm-hmm. and works the hardest on it. Um, I was my first member, <laughs> my the first account and the first things traded. And no, it didn't take off like a rocket ship because just like when I wanted to, to start it, I in those discussions found that people didn't want to talk about and, and no one wanted to talk about this topic. And so I did have to lead by example and just come out and share my own story and my reason for creating it so that to dispel any of um, that discomfort. And then, and that was a trip because I am a little bit, I'm awkward and shy. <laughs> I kind of thought I could, I thought I could just do the whole thing from behind a curtain. Mm-hmm. Um, and turns out that's a, no. And then um, I started a blog and a podcast and a forum, just trying to open up more portals for social connectivity. And on the technical end, that has been and will always be a living, breathing journey of 
pivots where once we had a, a whole slew of people sign up, it started crashing. My site was crashing in the image upload. Well, I don't know about you guys, but that's like, I can't have that. If I'm ever ordering, if I'm on an app, we just all have such a short attention span. So I needed a three-step sign up. I wanted it to quickly load. I wanted the images to look great and mm. and just a beautiful user experience. Well, it there's no just about that. That takes a lot of work. So I migrated to AWS, which was a whole thing. Um, thank God we did it. Um, and we've implemented quite a few geolocation. That was a massive lift that took a year. Um, we have a really small team and we all wear a lot of hats. I think that's something I hear from other startups too. You know, you don't have the funding for, I fund it personally for, for all the people you need. So you just start learning, you take night school for coding so that you can help your own coder and you just keep learning and trying and iterating. And um, that's kind of where we're at, where we have a quick upload. We have over 14,000 active users. I saw this morning and, mm. and it's working. And so I continue to try to get better. And every single time I bring some, a new component in, I try to first think of where I want to go instead of just solving for the issue right now, like back in the AWS migration. Well, let's, if we have to migrate, let's choose a host that will we can grow with for the reasons and the places we want to go. Mm. Uh, every single decision that has been made um, has been made with so much love and the same purpose as as um, why I started it. So I'm very proud of it. No, that's awesome. Sounds like, uh, you know, continue to grow and expand and uh, continue to bring people on and be able to, to help them and assist them along the way. So it sounds like certainly something uh, gratifying and rewarding. So with that, now as we've reached the present day of your journey and even uh, looking a bit into the, the future of where things are headed, great time to transition to the two questions I always like to ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. So the first question I'd like to ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What'd you learn from it? Hmm. The worst business decision I ever made. There. <laughs> There's a few that I hate saying worst business decision because I feel like there's so much you learn, like you said, in those. So so it was just not ideal. It was just really not ideal. I hired um a dev company, like a large one, because I felt like I was so over my skis and that I needed that kind of group it was extremely expensive very hard to get a hold of them and it was not being productive it was just like a whole lot of words for so you didn't do anything this week you know <laughs> and um and I'm kind of like when you're leaving Disneyland and you already bought the picture and they want to upsell you on 50 other things you're like no I just want the, I just want the picture <laughs> like every meeting was like well 
here's the problem, but it's going to cost like a bajillion dollars more in each of these categories to actually get to the solution you want. And I had to do more research. This is what I learned. If I knew more about what I was asking, which was not hard to find, I would have asked smarter questions. I would have known just when to say, I'm not really sure what you're talking about right now, but I'm going to write it down. I'm going to go home and Google my face off and, and I'll come back with an answer tomorrow and buy myself some time instead of feeling rushed and, and making rash decisions, putting all my trust into other people's hands. I learned that I actually can do this if I apply myself a little bit more and find one person, not an entire company who resonates with what it is that we're trying to do and will work on it the way that I do. Um, it was, it was an expensive mm. mistake, but it was an important one for what I learned from it. Well, sounds like uh, or gave a, a good learning experience, learned uh, things from it. And uh, some of the mistakes, uh, the best mistakes you make tend to, to be the a bit more expensive, but in the long run, though, uh, are certainly the, the reward is a good experience to learn from. So second the most important oh, one, ahead. yeah, for sure. Exactly. Now, second question I'd like to ask is, so now if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you give them? Okay, when I saw this, I, you know how I feel about one piece of advice. I have at least five, but the one I think is most important is don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Don't. They no, I... will. Then they'll tell you for all their many reasons, but if you believe in it so much and it's that thing that's like, won't, it keeps you up at night and you can't stop daydreaming about it, just keep going. If just keep one foot in front of the other, just keep going towards it and don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't. Hmm. No, I like that. I think it's, you know, it's simple, it's easy, but it, it certainly is impactful in the sense that, you know, you, a lot of times as you're getting, especially doing your own uh, startup and small business, a lot of people are, either over encouraging and uh, and uh, overboard or they're or wait or they tear everything down either because they are nervous or anxious or they're inexperienced or any of the or all the above and so I think just having that attitude of people can't tell you or don't let people tell you can't do something and figuring out a way and, and overcoming it uh, certainly is a, a great uh, trait and something that sets you up for success so yeah, you have to because they will. They'll tell you terrible things and you can let it get into your head, but only to the level where you sometimes within that is something you need to think about. But don't let it affect your drive to to completion. Maybe listen to what their their naysayers are saying and, and take it into consideration because there might be an interesting thought in there that you hadn't yet considered. But don't take it as something that stops you in your tracks. Please don't do that. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more. So I think that's uh, definitely a great piece of advice and uh, a great takeaway. So, well, now as uh, we're wrapping up the episode, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any Ooh. or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Um. Well, 
if you want to be a member of Little Wins, that's um, just on our website, littlewins.com. It's an easy, as we mentioned, sign up process, free to use. We also have another um, membership that has other things. I do hope that you will check it out. If you have things moreover, which I know you all do in your house that you no longer need, please list it for those who need it. Mm. Just, just get it out there and put it on there. If you want to talk to me, um, my email, I think is the best place. LinkedIn gets, I don't know, my messages get all messed up and I, it's all over the place. So I think my full name, Lexis Surratt at littlewins.com is the best way to, to reach me there. And I hope that you tune into our podcast. That's been really awesome. And it's just another way to, for sharing information and stories and um, I'm loving the feedback there. Investors. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. See, please send me your money investors. Yeah. But I know just exactly what to do with it. Have I got a deck for you? Um, but thank you so much for this opportunity. And I love having conversations with like-minded people. Um, it's really such a special part of my day. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out or make a new connection, support a great business. If nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Lexis, for coming on the podcast. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Now for all of you, their listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners, make sure to click share, subscribe, leave us a review, helps us to reach even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey to success. And on that note, if you ever need help with your patents or trademarks or anything else with your startup, your small business, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Thank you again, Lexis, for coming on the podcast and wish the Thanks. next leg of your journey even better than the last. Likewise, my friend. Thank you so much.